sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com. Welcome back in, everybody, right here to the early line. Hour number two, giving you the edge on SportsGrid. Listen, if you want to find out more of the waiver wire, diamonds and fugazis, you can always catch all of our content on the SportsGrid YouTube page. I'm always updating that with the waiver wire for the Stats Overbeat Cypher. And you can get all of our content, right? You can get the early line, the morning after, FST. You got game time decisions, Scotty Farrell coast to coast, and then we wrap it up every night with my and the candle burner giving you all the action following it in game live and we got more exciting news on the horizon but kev we turn our attention to what might be the final baseball game of the crazy 2020 season because the los angeles dodgers are on the precipice of winning the world series they are up three games to two in this series and it is a rematch kev of game two Today, where we have Snell on one side and Tony Gonsolin, it's, and it's really, in my opinion, Kev, Gonsolin and the crew, right? I think it's going to be more than just Gonsolin going out there for the Dodgers today. But the Dodgers are minus 142 favorites. The Rays come back at plus 124. Eight is the total in this one. For me, Kev, um, remember, we were confused by this total the last time around in game two, when it was also eight, I thought we were going to go over. Ultimately, it did. And here's the thing, Kev. It went over even though Blake Snell was nearly perfect for most of his outing. I don't know if he can do that again. I'm more likely to bet the over in this one, Kev. How do you see this one playing out? You try, you try, and you try not to be the smartest guy in the room who ends up wearing the dunce cap. But why is this eight? Why is this eight? Why is this eight? And Blake Snell was really good in that game, right, for the most part. And, by the way, Tony Gonsolin is not a punching bag. The the Rays got to him, but he's been good on the year. Here's where I think... If you are feeling like myself, who is like, ah, I know the over, but do we want to play it? The first five total is four and a half, right? So, first of all, it can keep you on pace, and right, the game could still be kind of trending over. You could stay on pace. Blake Snell was great through the first five innings. If Gonsolin isn't hit immediately, I agree. It feels like it should fly over, and you don't want to try and outthink yourself. Maybe the book just can't adjust it in the way that they would like to, because it would generate one-way action on and under, even right. though I don't agree with that. I think if they posted eight and a half, they would still get plenty of two-way action. I am thinking this first five under, though, might be hmm. the way to play it. Okay, I want to ask you something, Kev, because you are, you know, the normal host of in-game live, which we talk about, and so you are following these during the game. With a total of eight, Kev, I guess my question is, how much, like, what has to happen? How much scoreless activity do we have to have for it to go to seven and a half? Like, will a scoreless top of the first 
get yeah. me to seven and a half and then I can yep. go over. Well, because I like this eight. I want to bet it over, but I think I want it to be I want to have eight be a win. You know what I mean? And and I know yeah. they move these things quickly, right? So if I get through the top of the first, half an inning, zero, zero. Well, I have an opportunity to bet over seven and a half as we welcome in our radio audience from around the country. Thank you for waking up early with us. You're about to hear Kevin and how he plays the in-game live markets. You absolutely will. And by the way, okay, okay, at the inning props market, first inning total runs, minus 115, zero runs. And that's minus 115 in a three outcome market of one run at plus 350, two or more at plus 210. So not only will you not have to go over eight if you wait, they don't expect you to miss out. The expectation is there will be no activity in the first inning. So, yes, you definitely can play it that way. And we've seen these games really, really slow down. You play under eight, and this is why I probably right now would much rather play the first five than you play under eight. And at no point are you done. That's the biggest issue with baseball totals, right? Even if it's the ninth inning, you're not done. Like, the score can be 3-2 in the top of the ninth. I mean, Randy Rosarena crushed you with a meaningless ninth inning home run in one of these games. Exactly. So, vis-a-vis the total. And I think you can go out there, play under four and a half, and come back around on a full game number. At some point, right? And look, yeah. even again, even that under four and a half, every single time I've ever bet a first five, it's the fifth inning and I'm holding on to somebody's right. arm, just like, oh, please just get this thing through. Right. Please no. Because that's walk. when the guy you know gets in trouble for the second yeah. time through the lineup, the guy's warming up, and you're like, and you get Oh, great, a booted ball to second, the most routine <laughs> right, 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 baseball right, right. I've ever seen. Like, no, nah, yeah, that's how this goes. But I, I do believe that you're you're looking at a spot here where the first five is jumping out to me a little bit. And I don't feel like it is the trying to be the smartest guy in the room thing that I'm talking about here because Blake Snell was great in the first five, actually. I'm going to see if – let me just pull this up quickly of what the score was through five innings uh, in that game. In game it two? was 5-2. Two. Mm. Yeah. It was 5-2. Fi- like okay, but here's the thing. It was three nothing through four. Yeah, no, I so hear you. you. I still, I think I'm gonna be cute though. I'm gonna hope the leadoff man does not get on as soon as it drops to seven and a half. Then I'm taking the over. I think because I do think yeah. ultimately this opens up a lot of ways to play it. We've talked about the total, Kevin. We come back here on the early line. We'll talk about the side. Do you believe this is the last game of the Major League Baseball season today? And all the ways to bet it when we come back right here on the early line. Dr. David Chow, a.k.a. Pro Football Doc. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. 
What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Sports Grid, giving you the edge. And Kev, right? Like, only Sports Grid. Where would it be game six of the World Series? And the focus of our conversation is betting the total in a kind of in-game live or in a first hmm. five kind of way. That's what you get when you get on the edge and get the edge here with Sports Grid. So let's talk about what people want to talk about. Who do you think is going to win this game, Kev? I originally said I'll take the Dodgers in seven. Yes. I'm on in-game live Wednesday night, and if they if there's no game seven, I don't think there's a game on anywhere in the sports world. So for my own selfish reasons, uh, plus my pre-series prediction, take the Rays. I, I don't lo- like I'm worried about Blake Snell because they hit him on his way out. Um right. I can't tell if Tony Gonsolin being a minus-138 favorite is value on the Dodgers because they're typically such higher uh, favorites, or if it's why is it still minus-138. I think the side is difficult, but it's it's hard not to take the raise in this spot. And again, I said the series was going to go seven. There's really nothing that's happened. Like, it's a bat- we're, at, we're looking at a back-and-forth affair. Yeah. So let me ask you this, Kev, because this has been one of the things you like to play in some levels, unless, of course, it's the NFC East. But if if the Rays win this game, right, and we have a game seven, why not, in your words, just go Tampa with the series if you want to back Tampa tonight? Oh, yeah, no. I mean, I 100% think that if you like the Rays on the money line, you should be taking that plus 430 number uh, and being able to get off of it. Now, I'll say this. I think pricing game seven is tricky, although they've already, which is, this is the thing about this series that's very, very fascinating, right? Game seven is also set to be a repeat game, right? Yeah, it should be Bueller of and the Bueller and Morton. Uh, and the yeah. Dodgers were, what, a touch below 160 ish on the money line in that game, right? So, like. Right. Bear with me here, but do we expect that to be the same in a game seven? Let's call it like I think minus it's really one interesting. Like, I is it know. lower, I think it's higher? Really interesting because I think reasonable people can make arguments either way, right? Mm-hmm. Because what reasonable people, I believe, can put stock in what they saw in game three. And if you do that, then Walker Bueller looked amazing, and Charlie Morton, for the first time in a long time, didn't look good. Yeah. In a playoff start, right? And I can understand reasonable people who I respect taking that tact and be like, oh, look at what we saw in game three. Mm-hmm. Kev, I also believe that reasonable, respected people could be like, wait, wait, wait. You're going to give me even more value on Charlie Morton in a spot where I've seen that man do it a lot of times. I love Walker Bueller and all, but I have only seen him do it once. You know what I mean? Like, going into Game 7, some people could believe in what they saw in Game 3, and some people could believe more in the longer track record of Charlie Morton. And I think that's a fork in the road that I can understand people believing. Does that make sense? I'd be terrified to see Charlie Morton in Game 7. Like, giving giving him a second chance, right? Right. Like, because we saw so how would you make them then a longer price in Game 7 than they were in Game 3? But then the answer is what you saw in Game 3. Which is fair. I think the total would be like a flat seven too, right? Um, But, and that's why I think it it goes all around. 
I mean, if you're the Dodgers, like you're trying to close the door tonight. Of course you're trying to close the door tonight. But like, yeah, you can say, oh, cool, we got our guy Walker. I am not trying to see Charlie Morton again. I am not trying right. to give this they dude another bullet. <laughs> right, because that's the thing, kind of, right? Like, is Walker Bueller going to be that good again? Is Charlie Morton going to be that bad again? We come to the middle. All of a sudden, you're taking the Rays plus a run and a half for the first time ever. Right. Like, someone's going to take a pregame plus a run case, and a half. And if that's the case, then take him at 400 right now. Right. And on it, like, if you take that Because they have the pitching edge tonight, don't they? Don't they have the pitching edge tonight as well? Like I almost honest, all right. I could I could be wrong here, but like the other way you can play this is the plus four thirty and the Dodgers money line tonight. And use the minus one thirty eight tonight as your hedge and say, I'm gonna take Charlie Morton at plus four thirty, right? I mean, what's the numbers, right, for a hundred dollar player that you need to roll on to lock yourself you in a reasonable on Tampa at, plus, at four to one, let's say a hundred on right. Tampa at four to one, right? Then if that comes in, you get five hundred dollars, right? You could bet two hundred on the Dodgers tonight, one seventy-five on the Dodgers tonight, two ten on the Dodgers tonight, right? Yeah. And make up enough to cover your one hundred outlay. If you do not win that one, then it becomes a three hundred dollar outlay for something that you'd get five twenty back. Rough math here, right? That could be yeah. a way to do it if you bet the right amount on the Dodgers tonight to split the difference. That is viable, Kevin, and I kind of like it. Like, because, okay, so the thing is, if you, you're you using Game 6 as the Dodgers hedge number, because it, yes. it will be shorter than the Bueller hedge number of Game 7. No, you do it tonight. But you can lose both. Right, so that obviously is the risk you're taking, and if you are hedging, your seven is your whammy. Exactly. So, I think it's really, really enticing. I think that this again, it's a series that's provided a lot of value. You can go a lot of different ways with it here. I'm leaning towards the race tonight. I think the first five under is the most I've liked anything, but even that again, like, am I going to want to, you know? Take a will there be runs in the fifth inning bet just to cover myself when it's <laughs> two one. Of course I will because I'll be terrified going into that fifth inning. I think it's I think it's a great game. I think it's going to be a game where we're going to have ourselves. Uh, yeah. A, man, the Dodgers to win the World Series in Game Seven is plus two seventy five right now. Boosted. Right. <laughs> I, don't know. I don't know why I'm trying You want to cover the field here, Kev. You want to cover the yeah. field, don't you? I'm trying Let to make a hundred bets. Other market. Let me ask you one other market that is another way I have heard you, for lack of a better term, get ahead of it, right? And it's mm-hmm. the World Series MVP. Kev, it's the World Series mm. MVP. Right now, Corey Seager, I believe, is the deserving favorite at plus sure. 175. He's been solid for them. I heard your guy, uh, you and Gabe's conversation about the young class of the Dodgers, the rookies of the year. And I remember yeah. back all the way to the 1980s, Kev, where literally in three years in a row, they had Eric Karros, Mike Piazza, and then I believe like Hideo Nomo be the rookies of the years for the Dodgers. So this is always the case. Okay. Where do you find the value? Because you have another way to play this. Again, thinking about Dodgers in seven, right? Oh yeah, I mean Walker Bueller at seven to one is a really nice bet if you think it gets there. Because if he's as dominant as he was in game three, he's got a great shot, right? Right. I don't he would think be that two he would be that two start pitcher. 
right? That got it done. Mike, and that could be the Trump card yeah. of it all. But if that's not the case, let's say this is over tonight. Anybody but right. Seeger? Yeah, I think so. I still think that you can have, because baseball is so much of a what have you done for me lately sport, I feel like sometimes, like if we see Justin Turner hit another home run, he's got a good shot. I even believe that if Mookie Betts goes out there and has a Mookie Betts night at 24 to 1, right? Like, because this is the thing that you can do sometimes with the World Series. Give me your game by game MVP, right? So. If you look at the Dodgers, game one was Mookie Betts. Game three was Walker Bueller. So who was the MVP for the Dodgers when they won this last game in game number five? I guess Corey Seager, right? Like, is that now Seager's been doing it consistently over the series. But I guess the point I'm trying to make here is if Mookie's the story of two of the four wins that they put forward, and all of a sudden 24 right. to 1 feels like it does have uh, you know a little bit more legs to this was a guy that was two to one to win this award after game one. Right. So then let me by the same token submit the curious case of Blake Snell at 16 to 1, right? Like they won game two, his start. Yeah. If he is the reason that we extend to Game 7 with another great outing, he would be another one of those pitchers with two sure. notches on his belt. And maybe if Tampa comes all the way back, what other pitcher are we giving it to? Morton was already blown up. Would it be a Rosarena? If not, maybe Blake Snell. When we come back, we turn our attention to another kind of football that we have been discussing through the pandemic. We got to get back out there. And it's just because I want to pronounce something. We'll do that when we come back on the early line right after the Sports Grid News Update. Check it out. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back in, everybody, right here onto the grid, onto the early line. Big shout out to all the radio affiliates and all the ways to watch us on SportsGrid. We appreciate you, and we hope that we are giving you everything you need to win your leagues and win that cash and also entertaining you, right? We try to put the fun and functional sports content. Kevin and I wake up early to bring you the heat to get you set up. So, Lamo, let's do it. And, Kevin, here's the other thing. Like, we were talking, oh my goodness, the NBA has crowned its champion. The NHL has crowned their champion. This may be the last baseball game of the season, right? So we'll always have football throughout the winter. We're getting deeper into college football, and we are excited to once again bring our guy Joe Lisi on tomorrow's show to look at college football. But we're going to have to start looking at soccer again, Kev, and the Champions League is back at it. So, you know, this has been a profitable market for us us in the past with some of these big time teams going at it and so just to reset the deck here in the champions league we're in the group stage all right where it's the kind of round robin there will be six games in that group stage the home and home before we get to the knockout stage i believe that is in around february or so the knockout stage but for the next couple of weeks here on tuesdays and on wednesdays you will have champions league action i think kev even europa is in the same stage 
page going on Thursdays. So in the middle of the week, when there's no NFL, there is other football. And I draw your attention, Kev, to Group B, because last time around in the first match day, that's where there was a big upset. Okay, And mm-hmm. the big upset was in Shakhtar Donetsk beating Real Madrid. So now Real Madrid, many people believe, will get through. They're sitting with zero points in the group, so they need to get back on the good foot. And Kev, today they host Borussia Mönchengladbach. So I got to get your <laughs> thoughts on this one. Gladbach got a point with a tie against the... Uh, Milan in their first game, and we see it in this one. Uh, Real Madrid is the favorite at minus 110. Gladbach coming back at plus 250. It's now all the way up to plus 270. And then, of course, Kev, remember, and in the group stage, sometimes, Kev, teams mm-hmm. will be playing for the draw. And so that's at 3-1. to oh. one. What do you think about this one or some of the things you're seeing early on in this group stage? Well, I think Madrid, of course, is a is a big story, right? Now, this is a team that since, you know, Ronaldo left, quite, you know, they, they I think they won, I don't want to say they won three. Did they win three in a row? Two or three in a row? I mean, it was ridiculous. They, they, they were like the Classico against uh, Barca also. They sure did. And that's going to be a big boost for this team. They were big dogs in that game, by the way. Yeah. Um, and you take a look here. The, the thing about Group B I don't know if it's the group of death, but there's no easy outs. Like, Shakhtar's a regular right. here in the Champions League from the Ukraine League. They're always a tough out. We That's know that Gladbach as much as we love them for the name, but they were right there always in the mix well, on, on those Bundesliga yes. match days. Well, back like when fourth in Bundesliga, right? Right. Third, fourth, when, when the, they were fighting for And again, Inter, good pedigree from the Serie A. Not a pushover either. So that's the thing about that Madrid result that's so concerning. You're not only are the are you the only team without points, right? But you dropped the home game as right. well against Shakhtar. Now, of course, people are going to be wanting to roll with them and expect them to, as you like to always put it, get back on the good foot. It's minus one hundred five. This is the thing about soccer. It's why it is always the most one of the most attractive sports to bet. Because of because of the three way line, if you can, <laughs> if you can avoid being Dane and wanting to bet the draw every <laughs> single match you see, you're always getting value on the money line. Always getting value. Yeah, it's true. But listen, three to one. Kev, I would love to find out. We got to run the stats somewhere, whether it's you know whether it's one of our guys yeah. behind the curtain or whatever. I want to find out what percent of like group stage games in the Champions League go to the draw because I, you know I really just feel like it's a better bet than most people think. But I have no stats to back that up. Kev, you were also thinking that Group A yeah. was tough a little bit. We have the standings of all the groups. As we look to Group A, let's put up some of the teams in there. I mean, A obviously has Bayern. Right, so yeah. hey, we know about them. Atletico Madrid, though, that's a good squad. Locomotive is another one of those like kind of uh, common Eastern European teams that make the cut. And then I also know you talked about um, 
uh, Man United, they had a huge game against Leipzig and another group. So we are mm -hmm. going to keep our eye on this. Keep an eye on this for Tuesdays and Wednesdays. And we'll continue to kind of update the standings and show yeah. you what's going on here in Group C, where you have Man City. But think about it. Porto is a big squad out of Portugal. Then we go to Group D. And in Group D, this is interesting. In Group D, you got Liverpool, um, Atalanta, which I know you know scores goals like whoa. Mm -hmm. Ajax, the best Dutch squad. And then check this out. We get a um, a debutante, a rookie into Champions League. I believe they are like the best Danish team. One of the real small countries, their squad is in there. We'll keep an eye on that. There are six groups, E and F as well. But we'll keep our eye on this right now. Yeah. Bayern and Man City's the favorites to win it all. You know, Bayern... Man, so last year, uh, last year, it was all this year, but last Champions League season, right? You and I uh, were following this a lot. We'd also talk a lot to uh, Steve, who does the graphics for the show, who's obviously sure. very, very plugged into the soccer world. Plugged in. And constantly he'd be like, listen, Byron's going to run away with this thing. I promise you they're going to run away with this thing. And ultimately they did run away with it. Yep. They're 3-1 to one to win the whole thing. And... I can't tell you that I know enough right now to say that the odds on, not odds on favor, but right. your favorite is value. But here's what I know. Atletico Madrid is the set or should be the second best team in Group A. Bayern beats them 4 nothing, 4 nothing in the first game. And in the same way when we talk about futures odds, right? In the NFC and the AFC. Mm -hmm. I need you to get to the dance, right? If I'm betting you, I better be confident that you're making it out of your group. Right. Simply put, there's nobody you're more confident in making out of their group. Bayern plays today on the road and is a minus 950 favorite. Good Lord. Good minus nine. If that doesn't say it, I don't know what will. I think you make a good point, right? The favorite there would still, whatever it is, 24 teams still live. That number may just continue to go down and down and down. So maybe to get it early, you know, Kev, as we turn our attention, we're, we're talking about like teams falling by the wayside here, right? You know, they are the favorite. We have to have a similar conversation in college football. We will bring in Joe Lisi tomorrow. We are very excited. You weren't with us last week. Uh, it was your day off when we had Joe Lisi, but he had some great mm -hmm. insights. And I want to turn our attention now to the new top 25 in college football. We had a very interesting week last week. The Big Ten got going. Penn State went down on what people still thought was a questionable two-point conversion call. And here's what I want to tell you, Kev. I want to mm. lay out, you know, Kevin, you and I were rational, if-then kind of game theory folk, right? So I want to just make it clear what I believe is the answers to the test, everybody. Okay? I'm giving you the answers to the college football playoff test. This is the game theory, okay? The top three teams, Clemson, Alabama, and Ohio State, assume that they are three of the four. I think in any working conversation, you have to assume that the three of them are the class. If they go undefeated, they will be there. So for lack of a better term, we're going to call them like sitting in the clubhouse. These are the favorites. These are the teams that 
ESPN, the college football playoff, the NCAA want playing in January. They're probably the class, even though mm-hmm. we'll talk about it, Kev. Ohio State has a very interesting game against Penn State this week to see if Penn State is really worth their medal, even though they lost in week one. After that, and we've talked about tiers, right, Kev? Falling by the wayside, all that good stuff. That's tier one, Kev, period. Then there is tier two. And tier two right now is Notre Dame and Georgia. These are teams that we believe are quality teams. For example, they would be uh, smaller dogs than the rest of these teams to a Clemson, to an Ohio State. But the problem with these two teams specifically, in my opinion, Kev, they ain't going to get there because they have to go through one of these teams in order to do so. Notre mm. Dame would have to get through Clemson, which I don't believe is going to happen. Georgia, as you've already seen, would have had to get through Alabama. They did not do so. They may get a second bite at the apple, right? So for me, those two teams, it's tough. They are going to have to have a flagship win that I don't think they're going to get. Right now they look great, but those would be the teams that with one loss we have to worry about. Then, Kev, come our chaos teams, okay? These are the teams that I believe the early line are rooting for. Oklahoma State at six. Cincy at seven. Then, guys, the next chaos team for the early line is BYU at 11. Okay, and I will even go so far as to say Oregon at 14. These are the teams that have a path still to being undefeated and will then, you know, potentially create chaos if they can be number four. And to be quite honest, Kev, I don't give a damn about any other team on this list in the top 25. Mm. I don't think any other team, including Florida, including AM, including USC, including Carolina or Miami, I don't think any other team has a chance to make the college football playoffs. They're the three big boys, the two, four, and five teams that would have to beat one of the big boys, and then they assume that position, and then the four chaos undefeated teams. I don't think anybody else matters. Uh, when we get back on the other side of the break, We'll see how you think the game theory works. If you want to disagree with some of that, and then we will look at the matchups this week for some of those teams as the linchpin to set the stage of college football and the top 25. Does Kevin see it the same way as I do? Or does he think there are other teams that have a path to the final four? We'll talk about it. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time Odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back in, everybody. Right here on to the early line, Dane Martinez and the candle burner, Kevin Walsh. Kev, I was just laying out what, you know, because in the NFL, we talked about the tiers in the AFC and the tiers into the NFC. And I think in college football, you know, it's not perfectly analogous, but it's similar, right? You got the top three that I think everybody respects and understands, Clemson, Alabama, and Ohio State. Then tier two are those teams, Notre Dame and Georgia, that are respected and good, but they would have to go through 
one of those other top three in order to really stake their claim. And then there's the chaos teams that have Mm -hmm. zeros on the right side of their record. And for one reason or another, it may be plausible for them to maintain the zero on the record. And that, in my opinion, forces the committee into interesting conversations and decisions. I don't really see many other teams that are live. Do you agree generally with the tiers and the contours of how I laid it out? So I think there are two teams that you left out. And okay. I think it very well could be the nature of they just got really in the mix, being Wisconsin Ooh. and Michigan. Are you going to tell uh, me Michigan? Of oh, course. You're going to believe in Milton and Michigan and Harbaugh and all the love from one win? Okay. Okay. Nobody treated me kinder this past weekend than Michigan. I have but no choice to ride this team until they ultimately collapse. I love this okay. kid, Joe Melton, by the way. He looked awesome. But in the same vein that Notre Dame and Georgia right, have okay. to be considered, so do Wisconsin on, and Michigan. Wisconsin is you know, likely to be the other half of the Big Ten championship. And Michigan, again, one week, that? one week, one week. They were three-point favorites at Minnesota and dominated that football game. Okay. That was one of their best performance. That honestly might be one of the best results, maybe the best result Harbaugh's had in his tenure at Michigan. So they belong in the same conversation. I want to start. Let me ask you something with with the same. Let me just clarify. Because you are right. That's fair. Uh, Michigan and Wisconsin. By the same token, can I then include USC? I just still think that's one of those teams that they go undefeated. If Oregon's in, then yes. If if Oregon's in our conversation, then yes, USC has to be in our conversation. They're an undefeated. I I believe any undefeated Power Five conference team has to warrant. I hear you. In the same way we talk Oklahoma State. Right. No, no. I I know that, but. Again, my issue is Clemson's played six games. Oregon has six on the schedule. And that's just my biggest issue with the Pac-12 ultimately getting there. But also considering the Pac-12 is usually, of the Power Fives, fifth. When you talk about the respect that they get when it comes to the college football playoff. Okay. I want to start, you know, and again, there's a lot of things here. But now again, the, the chaos theory, our boys, six and seven, right? Yeah. We're root, root, rooting them on. Yeah. This is what is so difficult for them. What do they do to jump Georgia? Right? Like, they're behind oh, them the now. For you. They don't jump Georgia. So, Georgia loses again in the SEC championship game. That's when it right. happens. What, right? And so the same thing. Right? So this is the problem. Yes. If Georgia wins the SEC championship game, then we have an issue. Un- then two unbeaten SEC Oklahoma State, to be in. unbeaten right. Cincinnati, unbeaten right. Oregon. Because would not fall any further than four. Yes. And this is the truth. The same is true for Notre Dame Clemson. Notre Dame. If Notre Dame wins, you mean? Yes. For, first of all, if Notre Dame beats Clemson, right, then everybody is screwed because Clemson is going nowhere. I promise you that. Clemson is no, going nowhere. They, they will play Ohio Notre Dame State, again. In the Alabama end. and Clemson can sustain a loss. That's why they're like extra special teams, right? Because those are the three right. teams that if they lose, they may still have uh, the backing to qualify. Because here's the other thing, though, right? So Notre Dame is going to host that football game. 
There, there, there's an early line already out there, 14 and a half yeah. point dogs, right? Notre Dame loses the game by 21. And a lot of people will say, ah, get them out of here, get them out of here. But Notre Dame still has a game at UNC on the schedule, which would be a decent quality victory. And then very likely would play in the ACC championship against the Clemson. Now, it would be very, very difficult for them, of course, to win that football game. But they, just like Georgia, probably have two cracks at the apple. And that's the problem for Oklahoma State and Cincinnati. Again, I love it. I think it's exciting. Honestly, my dream scenario is they they both go go unbeaten (laughs) and get left out. So then I can continue to tell people the idea that there's... Absolutely. That's my dream scenario. But that's what makes this so difficult for Oklahoma State and Cincinnati. I hear you. Is they don't control their own destiny in the same way that Notre Dame does, in the same way that Georgia does, and even Wisconsin and Michigan below them. That's why those teams are booked the way they are. It's not just that they'll no, they'll right. be considerable dogs to Clemson and Bama. That's true. Because they're everyone's considerable dogs to Clemson, Bama, and Ohio State. Mm-hmm. It's they don't even come close to controlling their own destiny. The amount of help right. they need is evident by Georgia still being ranked in front of them. So let's talk about the help. Let's talk about the help they need and what help they may get. Number mm. four and number five in the country, Notre Dame and Georgia, both this week, Kev. Yeah are on the road in conference. Listen, Kev, you know, teams get tripped up. Penn State just went to Indiana and lost as a top 10 team. Top 10 teams go on the road in conference and lose. It happens all the time, Kev, all right? Mm-hmm. So Notre Dame this week is at Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech is 2-3 and three in conference. The Notre Dame Fighting Irish will be 20-point road favorites all right Mm -hmm. georgia in a similar situation they are number five in the country they have a road game in conference this week i believe it is against kentucky this week so the first way i want to ask you right let's take these two teams the two teams that you think may get a second bite at the apple do you agree first of all that if georgia or notre dame sustain a loss that is not you know the Clemson, the Alabama, whatever, then they do fall by the wayside, right? If Notre Dame or Georgia get tripped up in conference before the big matchup, then they wouldn't match up against an undefeated OK State, right? Okay, they will drop below them in these rankings, right? Yeah. They still have something that those teams don't, which is the ability to put a Clemson or an Alabama win on their plate, which... Negates unless, like, if Notre Dame loses, Georgia would be this their second week, loss. Georgia would be their second loss, Kev. Hundred percent. One look. I don't know that a two-loss Georgia can still hop an undefeated Power Five champion. I agree. It shouldn't be able to. Okay. Oh, you know, fair enough. But here's the 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 other issue with that though is right. Like, Georgia wins the SEC championship. So so let's go full chaos theory, right? So Georgia, I, I think Kentucky has two been... lost Georgia, then beats Alabama. Yeah. Now what? Yeah, that is full. Chaos what are we going to do? Because Bama isn't going to drop out. Four. 
Right. So no, now no, you're going to put Bama in and Georgia not. With Georgia just no, beating that Bama team? To, right, yeah. No, and that is then chaos theory. So that's why I talk about these teams, Georgia and Notre Dame. Yep. Both of them are also on the road. That's why I wanted to make the point this week, Kev, right? Now, I'm yeah. not saying go bet Kentucky outright. I'm not saying yeah. go bet the Ramblin' Wreck outright, okay? But I'm saying they're liable when we talk about teams falling by the wayside. Yeah. You know, road and conference is plausible. Let me ask you another one because the game of the week, Kev, the where mm. we have two ranked teams is Ohio State. Number three, Ohio State. I believe they travel to Happy Valley, Kev, mm-hmm. to take mm-hmm. on 18th ranked Penn State. Now, Penn State couldn't get the job done. They're 0-1. But just a mere week ago, this was a top 10 team, and they get the Buckeyes yep. at home, and nothing, nothing, Kev. It's still the Buckeyes' second game of the season. We don't know how they respond, you know, with difficulty, adversity, with a maybe good defense that they have to see on the other side. Talk to me about this game. Um, um, did you see what Justin Fields did, by the way, to start this season? He no. went 20 of 21 for 276 yards and two touchdowns, and the one incompletion like was a, a drop. pick to me. Was a, one like incompletion to me. was a dropped touchdown, by the way. Wow. So, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Here's, this, is, this is the thing. This game's honestly, it's, it's easy to make this pick. It just depends what you believe about Penn State. Either Penn State is on the level of an Indiana – and that result isn't fluky. And this Penn State team who lost a bunch of talent, Journey Brown, their running back was supposed to be a Heisman contender-ish like player. Mika Parsons, probably going to be the first defensive player taken in the 2021 draft. Never opted back in. This team's lost talent. K.J. Hamler now plays on Sundays for the Denver Bronco. The receiving core took blow after blow. Penn State might not just be a tier below Ohio State. They might be outmatched like they've never been outmatched before. And Ohio State goes, statement time, let's put some distance, and obliterates this team. Or Penn State had a sloppy start to the year. And you're catching some value with them being, you know, over a double-digit home dog in what is certainly the game of their season. I'll tell you which one I lean towards, though. Yeah, it sounds one. like we can tell. It sounds yeah, like we one. can tell, absolutely. And it's so, and that's part of it, right, Kev? It's going to be Halloween. And these Big Ten teams, we've only seen them on the field once, right? And that is why there's still a wide range of outcomes. I got to tell you something, Kev. You know I love the chaos theory. You know I Mm -hmm. love it. I'm trying to convince you to start cheering for it, right? Here's the thing, Kev. Just like I posed with Georgia and Notre Dame that, you know, a conference road game could be where they trip off and fall by the wayside. Kev, I got to tell you, I'm worried for our teams this week. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm worried for our teams this week. I should am. be. Yeah, uh, Oklahoma State. They've got Texas coming in. That's mm-hmm. Ellinger. That's a real. That's that's a big game. Like, could this be the week that it crumbles for the Cowboys? I think that is possible. Kev, Cincinnati. They also have a game. 
that I think is no easy against Memphis. Yeah. Memphis is a team that we know can score. Now they're hosting, you know, the Bearcats will be home, but Memphis yeah. is no easy task, okay? BYU, who is all the way up to number 11, I do think they get the job done. They're playing Western Kentucky, so I think they will kind of survive in advance, shall we say? Right and get through, and they'll be seven and zero, and likely be in the top ten. Do not sleep on the Cougars, who have a margin of victory, Kev, of like over thirty points a game. To be honest, they may be still standing well after Cincinnati or Oklahoma State. BYU may be ultimately the team around Thanksgiving we're still talking about for chaos theory, in the same way we wanted the Cardinals and the Tigers to play a doubleheader on that Monday. But Kev, talk to me. Cause for concern for our uh, chaos theory teams this week. Very, very, both yeah. very, very tough games. Uh, I'll say this. Uh, we always do watch for the hook. Oklahoma State laying three and a half. Juice is on the plus three and a half. Maybe that comes down to three. People wanting to back the Longhorns. That team, though, just might not be all that good. Um, they lost it. I still can't believe they lost to TCU after I watched a lot of Oklahoma TCU because I had money on the over there. Uh, that TCU team is nothing but a bunch of cowards, if you ask me. Um, and then Cincinnati Memphis, once again, watch for the hook. Six and a half is the spread. If that gets up to seven, you might want to grab yourself some plus seven on Memphis, uh, especially if you're back at Cincinnati in the futures market. Maybe double up there. All right, fair enough. Tomorrow, we'll have Joe Lisi join this conversation to figure out how we navigate it all. We'll finish up this episode. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Hey, welcome back in, everybody, right here onto the early line, giving you the edge, Dane Martinez and Kevin Walsh. And Kev, you know, when we were having that conversation about the game theory of it all, you correctly mentioned other Big Ten teams, right, who could technically remain undefeated and upset the apple cart in the same way that I talked about Oregon and even USC in the Pac-12. Um, you mentioned in the Big Ten, Michigan who is number 13 in the country after their big win at Minnesota, that they are live. Obviously, they'd have to get through Ohio State, but that game at least is in Michigan this year. The other one is the number nine team in the country, the number nine Wisconsin Badgers. They got a win, remember, on that Friday night opener of the Big Ten over Illinois. So they're now in the top ten, and you'd be like, hey, Dane, they're live in the same way if they get through. But there is news out of the Wisconsin football program, Kev, and this, like, brings it all full circle, right? Because the Big Ten didn't even want to play at first. The Big Ten had all these restrictions on what they're going to do if you have COVID. And what do you know, Kev? Wisconsin quarterback Graham Mertz and the number three quarterback, Chase Wolf have tested positive for COVID-19. They are now saying that Wisconsin may be without their top three quarterbacks and this is now the ninth best team in the country a team that we think has a path to the playoff we've always yeah. talked about this kev in football what happens if an entire position group goes down we saw the raiders play with this with their offensive line last week but these are all their quarterbacks kev what do you do with wisconsin and their quarterback situation feel bad for them bet against them hope it's a <laughs> signal to the conference what do you do with this news I think everything you just said there uh, is is on the table of feel bad for them, bet against them. Uh, I believe they're now only three and a half point favorites to Nebraska. 
who just How are lost. They favorites? I mean, they got dump truck by Ohio State, but Nebraska was playing physical at least. I mean, I. I mean, but listen, that that number is well over double digits. Like that's a huge move. It, it's so tough, get it back man. To and quarterback. This is the thing about Wisconsin. Like, look, this week we'll figure it out, right? As the week goes on, whether it's three, four, it's the Michigan game. The fact that the Big Ten is going to have a hard and fast rule of you have to be out twenty-one days. Yeah, it's the type. This is the type in order to qualify for the championship game. Right? This is the type of thing, though, that leads to people trying to revisit rules one week into the Big right. Ten season. That's the thing. That's why we got to know what the policy is. And then just play under the rules. We'll talk more about it tomorrow. The morning after is up next. Have a great day, everyone. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.